Hello and welcome to The Weekly Yes, a podcast where two best friends talk about their joint mission to say yes to life. I am your host, Yaris Gakfjord, and co-host is my bestie, the amazing Kristen Guerin. On today's episode, Kristen and I talk about gossiping and how it can actually save lives. We talk about destiny and how it's impossible to make the wrong decision, and what to do when you feel like you're banging your head against the wall. For today's Fast Facts, I wanted to talk about scythe or scythe, as we do mention it in this episode that I had a scythe session with a client. In a nutshell, scythe or scythe is Norse magic and witchcraft. Seilkona, or scythe woman, means a powerful, magical woman, seeress, and or a woman with staff. Imagine Maleficent in Sleeping Beauty or Gandalf in Lord of the Rings. Or we could simply say a witch. I have been studying and practicing the craft and tradition that is seidr or scythe for a couple of years now, and I've been offering it to clients alongside my tarot practice and modern shamanism as well. I will put a couple of links for you in the show notes if you're interested in those services or learning more about Scythe in general. Anyway, I didn't want you scratching your head when you heard the word Scythe later in this episode. Now back to our regularly scheduled programming. Here's our conversation. Enjoy. I am so obsessed with this mug. Incredible. I'm so glad to hear that. No, I use it for everything. I use it for coffee. I use it for cacao. I use it for tea. I'm like... I feel bad for all my other mugs because sucks to suck. (laughs) Yeah. I don't use them anymore. I'm honored. Good. Are we ready for this? Let's do it. Okay. What did you say yes to this week? I think autonomy. I think it's what I'm in the process of saying yes to. And I have been. I was listening to a podcast episode about the energies of Pisces season, which we're in now. And I'm a Pisces. And so it very much applies to me. And they were talking about how Pisces can get lost in other people because they just are, they're such givers or the energy of Pisces makes us want to give. So right now that might happen for a lot of people, even those who aren't Pisces. And I was like, oh, that really, that hits. I had a really beautiful opportunity over the last six weeks or so to, I met somebody who was, is dealing with right now things that I dealt with a few years ago with social anxiety and boundaries and fear of relationships, fear of intimacy, fear of vulnerability. So things that that I was, and it was such an incredible opportunity to, we were in very close quarters a lot and I was able to really hold space for her and give some sort of, a lot of direction, like based on what I've learned over the years, especially as on the spiritual journey that, that we're on, everything we've learned. And I was so happy that I could offer this But then I was also given this beautiful opportunity. I received a mirror for where I was and who I now am. And it was almost like talking to an old version of myself, which was really beautiful that I was able to support myself from the past in supporting somebody else, which is also giving. Speaking of Pisces season, Pisces being givers. But it is, and it should be a give and take. And that was the whole point of the podcast. They were like, Pisces need to, in their giving, they need to also receive. That needs to be equal and there needs to be balance there. And I feel like in that circumstance, it was. I watched her as she's starting to navigate boundaries. This person, I watched her put up really strong 
like wall-like boundaries. And I was like, ah, I recognize that. I used to do that too. So I said, I was like, good for you. This is the step on the path, right? Like, that's huge that you're doing that. And I'm noticing myself now, coming back to me, in the present moment, as opposed to me three or four years ago, or even just two years ago, I'm noticing my ability to just put up boundaries that don't have anything to do with people outside of me. Mm. It just has to do with myself. It just has to do with my own autonomy, my own integrity, my own interests and desires. You know, what's really interesting about you were almost mentoring this other person or like seeing a younger mm. version of yourself. I had a a small opportunity to do that yesterday. I was meeting with a friend. I had a side session, like a healing session with with a friend of mine, actually. And she was talking about how she is now very pulled to go on this path of helping others and healing others. And through, she's not sure what, but she's she's reading tarot and she was like looking into other healing modalities and magical traditions and stuff like that. So I was almost being in a bit of a mentor position yesterday. Unexpectedly, I didn't know that's what the session was going to be about. And it was so fascinating because some of the questions that she asked, I remember asking those exact questions to my mentors or to the people that I was seeking help from. And there were a few times where she was worried about this or that or asking about this or that. And I said, I think it's just so true for anything in life, not just this particular path. But I was like, you know what? Instead of giving her all of the advice in the world, you can try this, you can do that, you can do blah, blah. blah. I was like, you know what? This is just a part of the path. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. She had some fear, some doubt, some worry, stuff like that. I was like, having the fear, having the worry, having the doubts, I'm like, it's all a part of the path. It's not something that you need to rid yourself of or should rid yourself of. It's actually helpful. It's part of the path. It's part of the test. It's part of committing to this path. Sure, I could give you like a, a PDF, whatever, with like how to protect yourself, but it's you're not going to be able to fully protect yourself all the time. You can have energetic boundaries. You can learn how to set up certain parameters. You can learn how to ward things off. But at the end of the day, it also needs to come from the inside out. Like you need to just know who you are. You need to have that trust in yourself and your work. You need to build up integrity from within. And that's not something that you do in a week. That's something that just comes yeah. over time going through all of the fear and going through all of the doubt and going through the difficulties and making mistakes and doing all these things. And I didn't even realize it. Speaking of giving and receiving. So in me giving the advice or like the wisdom or like whatever, I was also receiving through that because I felt like what I was saying didn't just apply to her. It also applied yeah. to me in that moment. It makes me think of so many things. The first is I remember Lore, Lore Fauché, mm -hmm. when we were first starting out and we were her spiritual children <laughs> truly what a way to say it but but i remember being in sessions with her uh, as she was learning right she was learning from her teachers and, and we were learning from her and i remember her saying to either me or you but it's the same brain so she told one of us and we told the other one and she said i get just as much out of this as you get out of this do you remember this i do and and i wouldn't do it if i didn't and now I'm sitting in that kind of energy being like, yeah, I'm getting just as much out of it as you are. I couldn't mm -hmm. even fathom that at the time. Yeah, because I don't know, maybe I'm projecting, but there's a part of me that feels like sometimes when other people are giving me something, I feel guilty because in my head, I feel like they are, it's a chore for them. 100% agree. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, it was, I agree. It was hard for me to believe at the time that you were getting something out of Yes, this. because this was my relationship with people. Socially anxious. I was always, I always had to overgive because I was uncomfortable receiving. So I couldn't fathom at the time. 
that one could both receive and give at the same time. That didn't even make sense. Mm -hmm. And then my other thought was one of the things I heard in your little story there was it's the journey, not the destination. It's my birth. My birthday's coming up this week at the end of this week. And I've been in a bit of a rush in 2024. I feel like the last, we're seven weeks into the year. The first seven weeks of the end of the year, I have been nonstop going, trying to figure out my destination, like trying to, do you know what I mean? Trying to get to the end goal. And, and there were some things that had to be worked through there. It took me the first seven weeks of the year to, to be like, oh no, not only is it not hurry up and be done with it, hurry up and be done and get there. That's not the thing. It's get there is death. Get there is not the goal. You don't actually arrive anywhere. Once you're married, you don't really arrive somewhere. You just have a ring on a different finger. Okay, before I say this, when you said destination, before you finished the word, I thought you were going to say the word destiny. And then I'm like, wait, as you were saying it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, wait, destiny, destination. I was like, I never connected those two words that like destination and destiny. I I don't have any more thoughts on that, but I was just like, huh, I just and wrote it down. I do. As you said that, I was listening to David Guillaume, one of my Kabbalah teachers, speak the other day, and he was talking about, I found this so empowering. He said, in as far as Kabbalah's belief, a Kabbalah thing, is that any direction you take is the correct direction. So you could be deciding between Iceland or New York, doesn't matter. Whichever one you chose was the correct decision, and the creator the universe, will conspire in your favor whichever choice you make. So you decide to stay in Iceland, great, universe is conspiring to bring you all of the, all of the stuff, bring you all of the blessings, all of the working through karma or tikkun or wounds or whatever it is. They'll do it there. No matter, if you decide to go to New York, great, it's going to happen there. And the way in which, so no decision is the wrong decision. All decisions are the right decision. The only way to make a wrong decision is to not embrace it not embrace the decision, to go in and keep looking behind you and be like, oh, I don't know. Did I do the right thing? You did. So stick with it. If you're not actually able to be with the decision, commit to it, be present, be grounded and be certain. I think that's maybe the word is absolute, have absolute certainty in your decision and in the universe. Then yeah, now it's the wrong decision. If you're looking back. (laughs) Yeah. And if you have shame or guilt about it too, probably. Yeah. 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 Keep looking over your shoulder. So so go ahead and make another decision. And Mm -hmm. if that's the case, if you're feeling that guilty, that you can't be present, my God, and I don't know if he would agree with this, so now it's my word, it's not his. (laughs) But if you feel so shameful or so guilty about that decision, and you're like, I moved to New York and I miss my family, then you better go back because the blessings are only in the present. So if you're not going to be able to be present, you got to be present there, then go back there. And trust me, if you're supposed to be in New York, then you'll come, you'll deal with that work through whatever that was, and then you'll get to New York eventually. And there's no, there's no got to do it now, got to figure it out. There's because this is it. There's no destination. So you don't have to rush there. Do you know what I mean? I really love this, that like your destiny, it doesn't matter the destination. It doesn't matter like where you are. Your destiny follows you because wherever you are, there you are. Someone said this to me once, be where your feet are. Just help you get back into the present. Just be where your feet are. I think that's really helpful. It took me, one of the reasons why it took me a while to be where my feet are is because of exactly what you were talking about. Like I kept wondering and and worrying about because it was such a huge decision and it changed my life so drastically that I carried this doubt about the decision and this guilt and almost shame 
about leaving my home country, my family, my friends, everything I knew, like for years, I had these doubts and this guilt and this. And honestly, it's just in the past couple of years that this guilt has subsided. And interestingly enough, during that time, and again, everything is the way it's supposed to be. And I wouldn't, I honestly, I don't think I would change it because I learned so much about myself and about life and people and everything. But looking back on those years, it was really hard. I was just thinking because you were like, oh, like you can't receive the blessings. I could. Yeah, no, I hear you. Wow. I couldn't be happy. I couldn't allow myself to be happy yeah. with the decision that I made, with the relationship that I had chosen. I could not allow myself to be happy. And I think on some level, what you just said, that was the reason. Because I wasn't fully certain with the decision that I'd made. I wasn't fully committed, even though I had moved my like legal address, even though I had signed the marriage certificate, even though I had, in theory, committed. I had like on some spiritual level, I hadn't committed. What was your yes of the week? I said a lot of yeses to social gatherings, meeting with friends and, and going out. And I think, honestly, even though I did feel like there, there were two points where I was like, I don't want to go. I don't want to leave the house. I just want to be in bed and you know, feel sorry for myself. And I'm so glad that I followed through with every single one of those social commitments that I'd made. I had so many lovely, deep conversations. And these are all friends from different walks of life. Some of them I know, I've known for over a decade and the others, brand new friends. We've only known each other for a year. And one of them I met with and we were like talking about, we were talking about a bunch of things and we we're like talking about people we know and we're stuff like that. And then I, I felt guilty for a split second and I said it out loud. I was like, oh, I don't know, like maybe I shouldn't be talking about them like in my head there's something that when I'm talking about another person I get really anxious even though I'm not saying anything bad about them mm. like this thing of I don't want to be caught gossiping you know what I'm saying I don't want to be caught talking about someone or whatever and she didn't think anything of it she was like oh you're fine don't worry about it we're not saying anything it's not like we're shit talking anybody here and then she sent me this video I don't know if I I don't know if I sent it to you it says in the video that gossiping comes originally from the word God-sib, as in God-sibling. No, sorry, God-sib means godparent. So it's like someone that you can really, someone that you trust, someone that you can come to and tell anything, you know? And it apparently supposedly dates back to the 12th century, this term. And it's like, a, it's how women protect themselves. It's like gossip actually saves lives because... If you know something about someone, if you know that there is a person in society that is dangerous or something happened between you and that person, and then you let all the other women know, hey, this guy, look up, be careful, be careful about him and stuff like that. So they would talk about people. They would talk about things that were going on in society. And this is how they protected themselves. And then, of course, yeah. patriarchy redefined that whole thing as a bad thing. And reframed this quote-unquote gossiping as a bad thing. I don't know. I hear that all the time. Oh, women, like you're always gossiping. I'm like, I'm sorry. The men in my life are the most gossipy people. Mm -hmm. Like when men do it, it's called networking. But when women are doing it, it's gossip. Not to say that like gossip is always good. Sometimes gossip is can be yeah. petty. Sometimes people are being very unfair to other people in their circles or in their group. Sometimes people do it to manipulate. Sometimes people lie. All kinds of things that are an issue with it. Absolutely. But when you are just like, okay, so here we are. We have these mutual friends and this is what's going on with them. And maybe it's good for us to know because next time I meet them, I know that they're in a bad headspace. So then I get, so it's, it's not all, it's not all bad. 
I sometimes feel like when I'm God sipping <laughs> that I feel like I'm doing something wrong because yeah. that's like how it's been framed in in my life. That like gossip is always bad. And it's, actually, it's not always bad. It really depends on the intention, depends on who you're talking to and what you're talking about. I've watched you shift and work with and work on your relationship with having integrity with your words for so yeah. long. Mm -hmm. And I was just very intentional about the way I phrase that because it ha it looks different. There's so many different avenues. One of them has been gossiping for a few years now. I feel like back when you were working as a waitress in New York City and that's really where this started was you were yeah. like, I don't, at least that's when I remember it starting was like, you were like, I don't like the way in which I'm communicating on the floor or while I'm working this job. And I want to change that. And I don't know what that looks like. And I'm going to just try something. So you said yes to, I think at the time you said yes to being like, I'm going to just not respond or something, right? Wasn't that like the first step? You're like, I'm just going to not respond if somebody tries to gossip about somebody else. Mm -hmm. And yeah, then it's it develops. And, mm -hmm. So it's been, oh my goodness, dude, that was like many moons ago. That yeah. was years ago. <laughs> and I think it was um, really important because at the time, what it was doing was just creating... Yeah, I was just creating bad vibes. And I'm yeah. like, we can bond. Like, I want to bond through other means. Yeah. If the only way that I'm bonding with you is through either gossiping or complaining, something is, that's not right. Like, it's a whole different thing if I'm able to have very intense, deep conversations. Like, I can share my deepest <laughs> desires and vulnerabilities and whatever with you. And sometimes we also gossip about the people we know. Mm -hmm. But that's not the main source of... yeah connection and, and communication so I was just like oh, I don't like this I don't like this at all like I'm gonna I'm gonna stop this gossip and I'm gonna stop complaining because again being impeccable with your word I just impeccable like is the word you use yeah impeccable with your word as opposed to integrity but same meaning but yeah that was the word yeah it also it just reminds me of a Kabbalistic principle that I learned a few months ago which was about being having integrity being impeccable with your word in that whether you bring light into a situation or darkness into a situation into a conversation has less to do with what's said and more to do with the intention behind it yeah so if you're gossiping i really love this 12th century callback to like where the word comes from and the meaning and the significance behind it of the intention was to keep other people safe yeah to be like i'm telling you this because it's something that you need to know so that you can protect yourself if necessary yeah i just went through that this past six weeks, we there was somebody in our program who was really unwell. Mm -hmm. was very unwell. And I didn't talk about it a lot, especially for how, what close quarters we were in. And I, But I did, at times, I would just be with somebody and I would say, this person's name would come up and I would be like, just so you know, this is what happened between us. Or this is what, like, this. she just did this the other day or this just happened or I'm pretty sure this person's unwell. Like, just basically, and my intention was keep your distance, stay yeah. safe, don't. And I'm here if you want to talk about it. Like this is a safe space for if you, and then often the person, I know, okay, I just had a weird, thank you for saying that. I just had a weird experience yes. too. Like I thought I was crazy. Yes, that, kind of thing. that also. You come to someone with something else, what is going on with them? I experienced this, am I crazy? Are they okay or whatever? Yeah. Right. And then that is As confirmed. opposed to, I'm going to gossip and oh my God, did you hear what happened? Exactly. That's such a different intention. And that's bringing... That's not bringing light into the situation. That's really bringing darkness into the situation versus I, I want, I need to, there's also, a, I need to vent. That's actually a thing too. That's not an, yeah, I, yeah, do, yeah. I need to get this out or I want to change this situation. I want to, I need to talk about this thing that's going on, not to gossip, but to like 
how do I move forward from here? Or yeah. what are yeah. ways to do it that are all infused? It's, it's all about intention, infused with light, but has old looks, might look the same. We need different words for this. Each we do. We words. really do. Okay, so this is the second time we're going to talk about Simon Sinek now on this podcast. <laughs> That's his name, right? Simon Sinek? He does this thing where he texts his friends, hey, do you have eight minutes? It's like a code word for something just happened. I need to vent or I need to, do you have space to to hold? And usually, according to some research, once you've expressed yourself or once you've let it all out for eight minutes, that's usually enough to shift how you're feeling. And you and I have just started doing that, which I really yeah, like. I really Hi, like do it. you have eight minutes? I'm not doing yeah. too hot. And, I really um, like it a lot. Yeah, me too. It also, I want to say it also... It sets speaking of intention behind speech, literally, it also sets the intention of what this call is about. As opposed to being like, sometimes I'll, I'll call my mom a lot, or my mom will call me. I just on the phone with her for 15 minutes yesterday, and nobody said anything of substance. And I got off the phone and I was like, What was that talk? What was it about? What just, but it was, it was also nice because I haven't seen her for a couple months. So it was just nice to just be there talking about, Yeah, the beef stew smells really good. I'm making it, <laughs> but it's very, if there's a, such a specific intention that you have and you have a very specific need, yeah, let me know right off the bat so I know how to show up for you right away. And Wait. I like that there's a time parameter. Yes. Yeah, I agree. It's because, I don't know, sometimes... Capacity, yeah. Both capacity for the other person and also just for yourself so you don't start talking yourself into a loop. Like after those eight minutes, we're done. Sorry, it just makes me think of something you and I were talking about privately yesterday. Nobody heard these audios. And we were talking about setting intentions secretly. I don't think that's how I put it, but do you know what I mean? You said, didn't you say unspoken intentions? Unspoken intentions. That's so much, that's so much better because it's not secret. It's just you're not letting the other folks in the room know that this is your intention. I was just thinking to myself, I was like, what is my intent? Like my intention? Well, for the week, right? What's my yes for the week coming up? And yeah, I think it's, and I think it is being like clarifying my intentions for all parties. I invited a friend to do something with me tonight. I'm going to go see this ballet and. I'd invited a friend and I'm, I was going through a rough time and I'd love to see him. Like it would have helped me to go through the rough time if I were to see him. I just invited him to come do the thing. This is now the second time in two weeks I've now invited him to do something with me with the intention of I want to bond and be closer to this person, not just do the thing. Yeah. Like I want to. It's not about the thing. this person. Yeah. It's not about the thing. It's about being with the person and like having, the, I would receive comfort from this. It would help me. I didn't say that. I just said, do you want to go do this thing with me? Oh, let me think about it. No, I don't. No, I don't really want to. And I was like, you're getting. (laughs) Ben, he's a male. He's a male (laughs) friend. I'm not getting that I needed my intent. Of course he couldn't get it because I wasn't speaking my intention aloud as opposed to calling you or texting you. Hey, do you have eight minutes? I'm in pain. Mm -hmm. That's like, great. I know exactly what this is. And yes, I have the capacity for that. Or no, I don't right now. How about in an hour? I think sometimes this can, another word for this would be just, I don't know, expectations, maybe like you're expecting something. And I think sometimes going back to women, men dynamics, I think sometimes because we are so programmed to be attuned with everybody else around us and in our family and in the room, and they are not programmed to do that. So sometimes we expect them to be able to do it for us. And then we get upset when they don't, because I'm like, I am anticipating your needs a lot. I am reading between the lines of what you're saying a lot and you don't seem to do the same thing. And that kind of bothers me because it feels like I am putting more effort, effort and energy into this relationship than you are. 
why are you not anticipating my needs? Why are you not reading my mind when it's something that I do so well for you? Yep. We had that all the time. Yeah, Dean and I in our it created a lot of friction. It created a lot of friction. I'm like, what do you mean you can't read my mind? I'm confused because I can read yours. So this is unfair. It's also that's also about boundaries, too. Do you know what I mean? That's all, another thing I'm doing where I'm intentionally not reading people's minds. I was with a friend the other day getting coffee and it started to get chilly and I had a jacket on, but he was just wearing a short sleeve shirt. Another man and male friend, not a male friend who just don't get it. But it was kind of get chilly. We're sitting outside and I've got a jacket and I'm comfortable. And I look at him and I was like, he's, I was like, is he cold? Is he good? And I'm trying to figure out. And I was like literally looking for goosebumps on his arms. I was like, should we, should I invite him to move? Should we go inside? Should we go into the sun? Should we go? And I literally was like, quit it, Kristen. Don't, he's an adult human being. And if he gets cold, he can tell you he's cold and ask to move. Yeah. And I was like, you don't have to take care of this 30 some odd human, year old human being who can advocate for his own body temperature. <laughs> so I just stopped myself and I was like, He'll tell you. Yeah. And he did for you. Yeah. And he did. Yeah. And so we moved into the sun. Anyway, I think that my yes for the week needs to be towards the other things in my life. Okay. I need to preface this by. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Okay. This sounded so vague, very mysterious. And I'll I'll give you the, I'll give you the context. So I've just really been in, in one area of my life. I've been very unhappy and like unfulfilled and a little confused and a little just like I have been banging my head up against this wall now for a few months. And I and the reason I'm doing it is I'm, I am trying to figure it out. I am trying to figure mm-hmm. out how to make it better. I am trying to figure out how to like if so I am in this room. This is how I say it. I am in this room and in this room, there are just a certain there's limited amount <laughs> There's a certain kind of resources. It's a very specific kind of room. And this is what the room looks like. And I keep banging my head against the wall trying to make the room better or trying to like (laughs) wish that the room was different. I'm trying to look for a secret exit way or I'm trying to like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing in this room. And a lot of my energy has been going into that. And a lot of my frustrations and a lot of my resistance and friction And honestly, I was having a rough time mentally because I felt like I really needed to figure this out. I really needed to like get out of here. I feel like I have to start from scratch. It's like a whole, a whole, a whole thing that's happening Mm -hmm. in, in my career. So my solution to that was like, okay, I will just, maybe I'll start doing this. Maybe I'll start doing that. Maybe I'll take a class in this. Maybe I'll find a new skill in that and whatever. And all of that, all of those possibilities or all of those micro decisions that I was all of a sudden putting on myself, like I was putting onto myself decisions that I don't need to be making right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm just banging my head against the wall. Maybe I do this. Maybe I do that. Oh, but if I do this, then I have to do just like creating like a plethora of decisions all of a sudden for me to make for no reason, really. Because everything is actually fine. And I've just been doing not well because of that, because of something that is completely made up in my head. And because of the stories that I'm telling myself in my head of if I want out of here, it's going to be really hard. If I want out of here, I'm going to have to start from scratch and it's going to be so hard. And it's going to be all these things that I am creating in my head. There's not another option out there that's better or equal than what I've got Mm. right now. That kind of thing. I had an epiphany, (laughs) an epiphany yesterday. So what's happening right now is I am trying to stubbornly 
work through something or figure out something that doesn't want to be figured out. Because if mm -hmm. it did, I would have figured it out already. If, if this wall wanted to be broken, it would have broken already. <laughs> but I'm not even making a dent. And I don't have to abandon everything. I don't have to start from scratch. I don't have to uproot my entire life. I don't have to twist, turn everything upside down. What I can do is turn around, leave the room, and look at all of the other rooms that are currently in my life. If I'm seeing like my life as a house, there's so many other rooms that I've already, that are either open or that I've already unlocked. I've already found the key to a lot of these rooms. If nothing is happening for me in this room, there's so many other rooms that I can yeah. visit right now. And they're already here. Like it's mm -hmm. already, it's stuff that's already here in my life. Like I have my relationship. I have my friendships. I have a couple of side projects. I have, there are so many other things that are currently present in my life, seeds that I've already planted that I can just focus on while mm -hmm. nothing is happening here. Chances are that once I leave the room, something will start to move. But if I'm not finding the fulfillment or whatever it is that I'm looking for, whatever I'm expecting from this room, if I'm not finding it there, go to another room. It doesn't have to be forever. It can just be temporarily and see what happens there. It's like sometimes we feel like where there's the most friction or where there's the most like things are really not moving and you just want to keep pounding on that instead of just like things are really not moving. All right. So let me do something else and see if that yeah. can give me the sense of movement or whatever it is that I'm looking for or fulfillment or inspiration or whatever. So that's what I need to say yes to this week is just to the other rooms in my life. Your life is actually fuller than you think it is. Mm -hmm. You just have to yeah. pay, pay attention to the things that you haven't been pay, paying attention to. Going back to the garden metaphor of ah, this tomato plant isn't growing. <laughs> Whatever. If you would look at other, in yeah. other places in your garden, you know what I mean? But I want the tomato. The tomato isn't here. But there's an apple from the apple tree, that, the tree that you planted. So many metaphors happening with this. But it's, yeah, but essentially I'm like, I'm going to stop trying to figure this one thing out that I can't figure out and go enjoy my life elsewhere. Yeah. Go and nurture the other things that are also here in my life. Yeah, I love week. it. Yeah, the metaphor that was in my head which is also is actually similar in intention in that you said the garden metaphor is the tomatoes not ripe, but the apples ripe. Either of them would give you energy, right? If you were to eat, you just need food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just need sustenance. You just need, exactly, nurturing. And I was thinking like, okay, if, if it's a drought, then the water wheel that creates energy or electricity isn't going to work, right? And it's like, okay, there's also a, there's also a, a windmill over there. And mm -hmm. it's really windy. Oh, let's go get electricity from there. Yeah. And it's interesting that both are about energy. No, but that's, that's ultimately what you're longing for. Yeah. Like you literally. It, yes. It's energy. It's life force. It's when I'm trying so hard to get it from this one place. When I'm like, you, you planted so many seeds. And there are so many things that are actually growing and, and blooming and like ripening in other places. And you're just not looking there. And it's also, I think, about timing, too. It's if you don't look there, you might miss it. Like the fruit might yeah. go bad. Yeah. So that apple's going to rot if you don't pick it soon. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I can sometimes be like an all or nothing thinking where if something isn't working, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Wow. Have to start all you know, over again. Have to start a new life in a new land. It's, what are you talking about? There's so many things here that you could do. Such an epic, olden thing to say. I have to start a new life in a new land. This isn't working. Anyway, it's been real. We will see you all next week. Goodbye. 
That concludes this week's episode of The Weekly. Yes, you will find us on all major podcast platforms as well as YouTube. And you can follow us on Instagram as well at The Weekly Yes. Send us your yeses for the week or any story of when you've said yes and it really changed your life to theweeklyyes at gmail.com. And who knows, we might feature your story in an upcoming episode. Keep saying yes, and we'll see you next week.